0: Good morning, church. Ah, uh, feels different standing up here, preaching in shorts. Uh, not used to this. I could get used to it, but um, I, I, wondered, I didn't, wasn't sure how to even start today's sermon. I, I have written down, rain, rain, go away, come back another day, but I thought that's not an appropriate way to start the sermon. But I was thinking through this, this, um, this past spring and summer, um, our FCA, I remember our FCA golf outing was canceled because of the rain, as well as many other nonprofit organizations were canceled because of the rain, and ball games and track meets canceled because of rain, and farmers not being able to get in their fields because of the rain, and and our backyard bash we got rained on, and now the baptismal we're getting rained on, and, and, uh, and I thought about this, so despite the rain, we can still worship God, amen? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the way this church started. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but 12 years ago we said if we didn't have a building, if we didn't have chairs, if we didn't have a a worship team or a guitar or a drum or whatever, we can still worship God. As long as we got people in his word, we're good to go. And so this morning we gather here with God's people. We got his word. I I think we're okay. I think we're okay. And we're going to do the best we can to get those baptized baptized in between raindrops. It looks good right now. Who knows what it's going to look like in about 20 minutes from now. But um, I'm so glad you all showed up. Um, I want a big thanks to all of our, our greeters, our volunteers, everybody who, who came in early and you know set things up. Listen, after the baptism, the way it's going to be is I'm going to, I'm going to give a message and then we're going to have those getting baptized. They're going to come up here down the floor and we're going to hand the mic to them. They're going to share why they're getting baptized. And when they're done... We're going to walk outside to the corner out in the grass area where we've got the baptismal set up. And we're going to ask you all to come join us. Not in the baptism, okay? But uh, on the parking lot, there, we we coned off some areas. You can stand in the grass, you can stand on the parking lot. So you, if you don't want to step in the grass, that's fine. Um, and, and watch as we baptize one after another. And then when we get done with that, I'm going to say amen. We're going to give a big praise. And then... Head over to the tent where we've got food all ready for you to eat. Burgers are being uh, grilled and, and hot dogs. And a lot of you brought food and some of you are like, I didn't bring anything. Well, come on in um, and eat anyway. Um, we, we love It's just a good time of fellowship and hanging out. And uh, that that's our plans for today. Now, that's our plans. Okay? You all understand that there's a God who has even bigger plans, right? I was talking with, uh, this morning, Pastor Dave said, you know, had we been out at Jagir's, and I talked to Tom and Susie about this this morning, we probably would have had to cancel. And so, isn't it amazing, two weeks ago, God started orchestrating and saying, you better come up with a different thing. And and even yesterday, um, my message was ready to go. And, and in the middle of the day, it was sort of like, hmm. So I went back and changed some things in my message. And, and it's funny because my message yesterday would have started off with about five minutes of talking about being outside and looking around. And um, But for some reason, that wasn't supposed to happen. So I'm just amazed how God orchestrates things, not knowing what today was going to be like. Because last night, the radar looked good. This morning, not so much, right? Well, this morning, I want to encourage you all for what you're going to see in the lives of people who are getting baptized. And then this morning, I'm going to ask right now, too, that if at any point in time during this message, God lays upon your heart, you need to make a change in your life spiritually, whether it's you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and pray, whether it's I, you know what, I know I'm not on that list I saw uh, to get baptized, but I want to get baptized today. We've got extra towels. We can we can help you out here, okay? Um, do not... Um, ignore the prompting of god 's spirit in your life this morning, whatever he 's calling you to do, whether it 's to get baptized to, to give your life to Christ or maybe to make a different commitment in your life. I want to encourage you today to make sure that your heart and your ears are open to his, his spirit's leading. Years ago, I, I shared this story and I want to go back to the story um, because to me it just really sums up a lot about today of baptism. And it was a story that my uncle had shared with me about a time that he went coon hunting. Um, years ago, they would go hunting after raccoons and they would have an actual coon dog and a hunting dog. And, and so he had a buddy named, they, they got a new coon dog and, and they wanted to go out one night and test out this new coon dog. So they got all their gear on and, and it was a cold November night and they took off out of the house and headed back towards the woods. Now, understand that you have to go back through a long lane and orchard, and then there's a creek and the cornfields that have been harvested and the woods. Some uncle shared about how that dog took off, and it took off right down through the ditch. It didn't take the, the bridge across. It went down through the ditch, and so they went on following after that dog, and as they went down following after that dog, they had boots on, but their boots weren't high enough where the creek was then, so they got their feet a little wet a little early, and then off out of the creek, and then through the cornfield. As they got through the cornfield, it was muddy, and they said they were slipping and sliding and because they were so excited about chasing after their dog that was all, all the way ahead of them. The dog got to the woods. They got to the woods, and they started going through the woods, and they went through the, the, the bushes and the thorns and the briars, and they were getting all scraped up and marked up. And But they're like, hey, we're following our dog. Our dog's barking away. And, uh, and about that time, as they got into the woods, a little further in the woods, um, the, the dogs had stopped. And they caught up, and boy, it was howling and hooting and barking, and, and they caught up to it, and it was just right there up against a tree, paws up, looking up, just barking away, and they thought, we got one. And so they got up there, and they had their flashlights out, and they shined up on the tree, nothing. A dog was barking at nothing. They thought they had a coon, right? And then his buddy was like, hey, wait a second, wait a second, come over here, Jim. And, and they went over to the next tree and shined a flashlight up there. There was the raccoon sitting up big on the branch. That raccoon had fooled the dog. See, the dog's barking up the wrong tree, right? You've heard that phrase before? It was barking up the wrong tree. And over here on this tree, what happened? That raccoon had come and circled around the tree and then went over to that tree and went up. It completely fooled the dog. And, you know, he thought he had the right tree, but he didn't have the right tree. And I was thinking about this, and it's a good representation of a lot of us who think we have a great relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For those who think and believe they're going to heaven, but they might be barking up the wrong tree. They might believe, be believing the wrong thing. Because there are some people who think, you know what, if I'm a giving person, I give money to the church, and I give money to this organization, and this nonprofit, I'm a very giving person. That will get me into heaven. If that's the case, you're barking up the wrong tree. Maybe by chance you're thinking, you know what? My family, they were Christians. My ancestor, you go back, you follow my family tree, they were all Christians. My grandfather, my grandfather was a pastor for 60 years. So if my grandfather's a pastor for 60 years and my mom and dad grew up in the church and my dad was a deacon and elder and was on the missionary uh, committee and my mom, she was like the children's superintendent. And, I mean, everybody was involved in the church. So if anybody's getting in, I'm getting in based off of my parents and grandparents. But you know what? If that's what you believe, you're barking up the wrong tree. Maybe, maybe this morning you're thinking, you know what? It's not about giving. It's not about my ancestors. It's about doing good things. Serving. I serve in the church. I volunteer all the time in the church. Matter of fact, I volunteer outside the church. If somebody in our community's got a service, a project, I'm there serving that, all my good works, all the good things I do, that will get me into heaven. If you believe that this morning, you're barking up the wrong tree. Maybe you thought, if I can just do this, I can be really religious open up my Bible every morning and just spend time praying and and wear some Christian t-shirts and listen to Christian music and and, and I can just support everything that's Christian-like and I can just be very religious. That will get me into heaven. My friends, you're barking up the wrong tree. That doesn't do it either. Maybe you have great emotions. You've come to church and you've sat here and all of a sudden you just... Felt something come upon you, and you you got emotional and you cried, or maybe you felt like you needed to raise your hand and worship. And it's like I'm 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 a pretty emotional person, and my I'm sure emotionally, i I'm just knowing how I'm feeling. I'm going to heaven. Again, barking up the wrong tree. Maybe you've gone to a Christian school. Maybe you went to a Christian college. Maybe you have your degree in Christian ministries. Maybe you've got a title of, of higher education and ministry of some sort, and you're thinking, that, what I know, all that I've studied and all I've learned, that will get me into heaven. If that's what you're thinking, again, you're barking up the wrong tree. All those things are good. They really are. But if you think that gets you into heaven, we're wrong. We're barking up the wrong tree. It's a it's a fruitless chase. It's an empty catch. The scriptures, if you have your Bibles, believe it or not, you're not even opening them up to John today. You're gonna to open up the Romans. So if you have your Bibles with you, you can open up the Romans. And in Romans chapter three, I want to read some scripture to you. Romans chapter three says, For no one is righteous, no not one. So let let's let's, let's start this off with, I'm sorry, a little bit of Use the term Debbie Downer here, okay? We're all like, oh, sorry, we had to bring it down. But nobody in this room is perfect. None of us have it right with God to begin with, okay? We're all sinners. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. Paul is very clear when he says, Romans three ten. no one is righteous. No, not one. So even though we have a room here that might have a couple hundred people in here, guess what? Sorry, nobody in here. Qualifies right off the bat, doesn't. Look what Romans, back up to Romans chapter 2. And before you get there, here's, here's some good news. So in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, it says, For by grace are you saved, through faith, not of your works, all those things I just mentioned, right? Otherwise, we would boast about it. Salvation is not a reward for the things that we've done. Otherwise, we would brag about it. But look at Romans chapter 2, starting in verse 28. It says this, For you're not a true Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents or because you've gone through the ceremony of circumcision. No, a, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it's a change of heart produced by God's Spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not people. So Paul's going to start helping us through the understanding. Yeah, we know we're not righteous. No, not one of us. And guess what? You know what makes you right with God? Not your family. Not religious ceremony. He goes on to say this, Romans chapter 3. Fast forward one chapter. Starting in verse 19, it says, Obviously the law... Now let's talk about doing things. Doing the right things. Following God's law, the Ten Commandments, His Scripture, obeying all these things, right? The law applies to those to whom it was given. For its purpose, listen, is to keep people from having excuses... And, check this out, to show that the entire world is guilty before God. See, when you hold up God's word and you look at the law and what it says, anybody here pass it 100% not breaking one command in the Bible? No, we all break it, don't we? We all, we all mess up. God's law, he gives us his word and it says the whole world is guilty before God. Verse 20 goes on to say, No one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Here's good news. But now God's shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law. As was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. Look at verse 22, Romans chapter 3. It says this. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. You want to get right with God? God. You can't do it by the law, because the law is just going to show us that we fall short. We get right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. It goes on to say, and this is true for everyone. Let me hear you say everyone. It's for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. It goes on to say, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Verse 24, yet God, whose undeserved kindness, that's called grace, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. People, it goes on to say, people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This morning, we're going to have those who are baptized. They're up here and they're basically, you know why they're getting baptized? Because of this right here. They believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for them. They believe they are made right with God through their faith in Jesus Christ. They're not going to stand up here this morning and be baptized or say, they've, I'm a Christian because I did all these good things. They've all shared with me one-on-one personally, and they've they said, I've, I've placed my faith in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 3, look at verse 27. Can we boast then that we've done anything to be accepted by God? No our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It's based on faith. Verse 28, here it comes again. How many times have we read this? So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. After all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. There's only one God and he makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they're Jew or Gentile. So Paul wants to make it really clear. Listen, you want to know how to have life eternal? Only by faith through Jesus Christ. It's the only only way we're made right with God. The only way. Maybe it sounds sort of, I don't know, like I'm being very proud up here. Or it's like my way or the highway. It's not my way or the highway. It's God's way. There's only one way and it's His way. I don't boast and brag on what I say or do. It's in His word, His truth. And we need to preach it. We need to share it because that's the way it is. You know, in the summer of 2012, there was a runner by the name of uh, Morgan Ussini. She fell in the 1,500-meter finals in the London Olympics. Can you imagine? It is the finals. You are running for gold, and she fell down. Can you imagine how she felt? She stayed on the track for quite a while. After she'd fallen down, she just stayed there. She wasn't hurt. She was sorely disappointed and frustrated and angry and just so exhausted emotionally from what just happened. She just knelt there and she thought about what had happened. This 27-year-old fell in the previous year's world championship race, did the same thing a year earlier. In South Korea, she was ranked number one in the world in 2011. Can you imagine? You're number one in the world, and you're running in the Olympics, and you fall. Didn't matter what she did in her past. It didn't matter what her ranking was. It didn't matter her titles. It didn't matter how many accomplishments she had. She fell. A lot of us are like, I'm a good person. I've done this. I've done that. I've done that. I've done that. that." But guess what? We've all fallen. This was the Olympic final. There was no do-overs. It isn't like, oh, that's too bad. Let's do it again. Let's all race again. It doesn't work that way, does it? She would have to wait four more years for redemption if she was going to try to do it again. She would have to train. She would have to relive the fall in her mind, see beyond that, and continue to train and be remembered as the one who fell until her next chance to try to win again sort of miserable, isn't it? We all fall. We all fall. Can I, can I share some good news with you this morning? you like, please. Right. Here's the good news. You don't have to wait four years to get back up. You don't have to wait four days to get back up. You don't have to wait four hours to get up. You don't have to wait four minutes to get up. You can get up immediately. When we sin, when we fall, by the grace of God, we are able in that moment to ask for forgiveness, to ask for his strength, to ask for him to come into our life, to pick us back up. As we admit to him, we have blown it. And he picks us up and he forgives us. Today, he'll do that too. Romans six twenty three says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. God's free gift leads us. To be made right with God. To be able to stand before a holy God and be in a right position with Him. Even though we're so, we're guilty of so many sins, He has covered that. He has forgiven that. And we enter into this lifelong relationship then with the God of this universe as a Christian. And a Christian, a follower of Christ, attempts to learn more about God, right? To learn more about his character and his desires for our life and how we can live that out. And we are new in Christ and we are people who can be set free from sin and from habits and and from things that are just dragging us down. We can be set free from all that through this relationship with him. Our life has a new pursuit. Some of us are still pursuing other things that we shouldn't be pursuing. As a Christian, we have a new pursuit. And that is God. We don't need to pursue status anymore. We don't need to pursue material things anymore. We don't need to pursue all these things that we think will make us feel good or make us better than somebody else or make us feel like, well, now I'm at peace because I've pursued this thing, this person. Those are empty pursuits. And God says, just pursue me. Pursue me. Proverbs twenty-one, twenty-one says this. Whoever pursues righteousness... An unfailing love will find righteousness and honor. The author of this proverb says, talks about living a life of living right with God. He says, by faith, you're right with God. Now pursue a life that reflects your faith. You stay here and you, and you admit I'm a, I've blown it. But God's forgiven me. I'm following Christ now. Good. Now let's pursue that righteous life. Let's pursue that that what he has called us to do a righteous life worships God in prayer. A righteous life worships God in song. A righteous life worships God in obedience. And worshiping God is not a have to. Church, listen, you didn't have to come here this morning. And I hope you on a Saturday night never sit there and say, I have to go to church on Sunday morning. If you do, your pursuit is off. Your pursuit should be saying, I can't wait to worship God. And you worship him together. and Sometimes you worship him alone. Sometimes you worship him in your car. And you worship him in your bedroom as you maybe you're on your knees praying. Maybe you worship in in the living room and in that comfy chair you sit with your cup of coffee and God's word. You you worship it in multiple places, but nothing beats coming together the body of Christ and worshiping together, to sing together, to pray together, to encourage one another. We're not forced to do that. It's it's our choice. That's that pursuit. Pursuing God is sort of like this. So sort of picture this, okay, with the baptism this morning. You could picture it this way. You can sit by the water, or you can sit in a room with pictures of water. Maybe that's your pursuit of getting wet. Just sitting by it. I'm not going to get in. I'm just going to look at it whether it's on the wall or I'm in the actual place. Or you got a second choice. You can tiptoe into the water. You ever done that before? You walk up maybe to an ocean, a pond, a lake, and and especially like Lake Michigan, if you've ever gone there, you're like, you walk up and you're like, ooh, you take one tiptoe in, you're like, ugh, yeah. Some of you have done that by the pool, you've gone up to the pool first time in the summer, and into the spring, you're like, ooh, not today. You put your toe in, and that was good enough. And maybe you're like, well, maybe I'll just put my legs in and dangle my legs over the water, and that's good enough, right? Or maybe you get pushed into the water. You ever been on the edge of the pool before? And you're like, whoa, oh, and somebody comes up. Next thing you know, you did not want to go in, but somebody made you go in. You ever been there? Okay, so we've got multiple things going on. I'm just going to look at it. I'm going to sort of try it out. I've got pushed into it, but here's... Here's the fourth, and and, and in my opinion, the best. Diving in, just jumping in. Cannonball if you want, right? Voluntary. You take that risk. You're excited, you're nervous, you're pumped. And you just immerse yourself in it. And some people are like, who is that crazy person, man? you just see them just diving in? And sometimes you get the effects of it, don't you? You might be sitting by, and they do a cannonball, and they just splash you like, what are you doing, right? You can picture that any way you want. Bottom line is this you want to get wet, you got to get in. And if you're going to pursue a righteous life, you got to get in. If you're just standing back watching everybody else worship, it doesn't do much for you. I'm going to tell you right now. You might be encouraged by it. You might think that's pretty good. And you might want to just step in a little bit and try it out. And think, oh, it's alright, yeah. So maybe somebody's forced you to come to church. Maybe somebody's forced you to open up your Bible. Are you doing your devotions? Are you reading? Right? Or... You can just dive in. I'm going to worship today. I'm going to immerse myself in God's Word. I'm going to spend time in prayer with Him. I used to use this phrase, the greater the value, the greater the cost. Let me say it again. The greater the value, the greater the cost. Think about it. I believe that the greater the value something is that I wish to possess, the greater the cost it is for me to obtain that object. Sort of the same way of my allegiance to God. I long for a strong faith, but here's the thing: if I want a stronger faith, I got to pay the price for that. In the sense of, I need to go pursue it. I remember a long time ago, our boys were little, and we were going to do a garage sale, and you know they had mind that we we're going to make all this money. I think they thought they were going to make a lot of money. Have you ever been around kids before, and you're like, we're going to do a garage sale? I'm like, they go into their room, and they come out, and like. How much do you think I can get for this? Well, seeing that you made that in preschool, I don't know if anybody's going to want it, but maybe you might get a nickel out of it. A nickel? Some kids don't even know what a nickel is anymore, right? And then they pull out maybe an old shoe and another one that sort of matches. How about these? You might get a quarter for those. A quarter? That's it? so depressing, isn't it? But it's like, but it's a garage sale. Okay, the greater the value, the greater the cost. You want something more valuable than that, it's going to cost you more. So you probably have to go to a different store. So you want a good pair of shoes? Maybe you can go to a, a one-stop shop type place where they sell everything. And you're like, hey, here's some good shoes. Okay, it's going to cost you more. But you know what? You want some really special shoes, maybe some running shoes, some high-tech shoes, so to say? You're going to have to go to a shoe store. Or a running store or something like that where you're gonna have to pay more money the greater the value the greater the cost does that make sense if you want more pay higher wages you what you have to work longer work harder maybe if you if you want to be a starter on your team you got to work harder longer and smarter if you want to graduate and go, maybe go get a degree guess what? you got to study more and and uh, work longer at that. If you want a better relationship, guess what? You got to put something into that relationship. What, if the greater the value, the greater the cost. Spiritually speaking, I believe it's the same way. In pursuing a, an incredible relationship with the God of this universe, there's a cost to that. There's a cost. To, are you pursuing Him? Romans twelve eleven, it says this: Never be lazy. But work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. That word enthusiastically is also zeal. And that, the Greek word is zeal, which means to, to turn up the heat. To turn up the heat. You know, I remember um, there's some football players in here. And I remember the first day of football practice, when you get your equipment. And actually, before you get your equipment, sometimes you've got to show up to practice with your mouthpiece. Some of you guys know talking about. You get your mouthpiece. What do you have to do when you first go buy your mouthpiece? You got to shape it, don't you? To fit your mouth. So you got to boil water. Get that water boiling. You take that mouthpiece. You dip it into boiling water for what, I don't know, 10, 20 seconds. I can't remember how long. It's been a while. And then you pull it out and you put it in cold water real quick. and you quick put it in your mouth and you shove it in and make it fit, right? I was thinking about that. If I want to shape to protect me, I've got to turn up the heat so that I can shape it. Sometimes the heat's got to get turned up in our lives so God can shape us, right? And he says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Serve the Lord by what? Turning up the heat. You want to pursue God? And sometimes it isn't by just sitting back and waiting for him to pursue you. It's us getting out and going after him. And this is what I love about baptism. For those getting baptized today, they're turning up the heat. And some of them are saying, I hope you turned up the heat in the baptismal, right? But you're turning up the heat because before, you could sit back and say, Yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. You know what you're doing today? Those getting baptized, they're turning up. What they're doing today, they're like, You know what? I'm getting baptized. I'm proclaiming my faith to all of you, to my church family, my family, my friends. Today you're going to see some people step up and they're going to be bold today. And they are turning up the heat in their life. They are all aware, like the young lady who ran in the Olympics, that today they could later go home and fall, spiritually speaking. Regardless of what's ahead of them, today they're choosing to stand bold and say, I'm proclaiming my faith in Jesus Christ and today I want you all to know that and I'm trying to pursue him. Would you pray for me as I try to pursue him? Baptism is that public proclamation to shouting to the world our allegiance to God. You know, you think about why should we get baptized? Well, because through baptism, they're being an example of what Jesus Christ did. Jesus came from Nazareth and says he was baptized by John in the river. Jesus Christ also commanded that we be baptized. In the Great Commission, he said, Go then to all people everywhere and make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He commanded us to go do this. He demonstrated that if you're really a believer, you do this. It said in Acts 18.8, Many of the people who heard him believed and were baptized. What I love too about baptism, is it illustrates the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It says, Christ died for our sin. He was buried and then he rose again. Colossians 2.12 says, for when we are baptized, we are buried with Christ. And in baptism, you are also raised with Christ. I love how baptism illustrates that. Again, baptism doesn't make you a believer. And if you believe that, you're barking up the wrong tree. It just demonstrates what you already believe and it affirms what you already believe and then it proclaims to everybody, this is what I believe and I'm pursuing a relationship with the God of this universe with all zeal and enthusiasm. I sat down and talked with those that are getting baptized and we said you know, what it is that baptism is all about so they understood. Then reminded them that baptism, it's, it's like a wedding ring. It's an outward symbol of an inward decision. This ring, this does not make me married to Jenny, but it shows everybody that I'm married to her. Baptism is the same way. It doesn't give me a new relationship with Christ. It's just showing everybody I've got a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, who should be baptized? Every person in here who has ever believed in Jesus Christ should be baptized. So if you're sitting in here today, well, I've, Place my faith in Christ. Should I be baptized? Absolutely, yes, yes. We have some who are being baptized today, and what we're going to do is, um, in a little bit, I'm going to ask them to come up here. We're going to we're going to sing a song, and while we're singing, at the end of the song, I'm going to ask you to come up here. When we're done singing, you can come up, and we're going to, they're going to share why they're getting baptized. And we're going to walk outside, and they're going to get baptized. and We're going to celebrate that together as a church. But if you're sitting in here right now, you're saying, you know what? Two things. One is this. I don't know if I got that relationship with God. Today's the day to pray that prayer. To place your faith in Him. To admit to God, a holy God, that you have messed up and you have made mistakes and you need forgiveness for your sins. Admit those to Him. Ask for forgiveness. Place your faith in Him. Ask Him to come into your life, His Spirit to come into your life and help you live for Him. Ask him to be the Lord of your life. He wants to save you, and he also wants to be your Lord. He's your Savior and your Lord. He saves you, rescues you from your sin, and then he's the Lord of your life. He leads you and directs you in how you live for him. Go ahead and pray in your own words. And if you're not sure how to pray, I'm right down here. I will meet you and I will pray with you. You don't know how to, how to pray that prayer. Or you maybe grab somebody right next to you and say, I'm not sure. Maybe the person next to you, I am. Let's go pray. Or maybe you're in here this morning saying, you know what? I'm not getting baptized, but I want to get baptized. Can I still get baptized? Absolutely. If you don't mind walking around in wet clothes for an hour or so, that's fine. Listen, bro, you will survive. Trust me, okay? You will not melt, okay? I've seen it. People survive walking around in wet clothes, okay? So as we we pray, if you feel God's like tugging on you, get up and do something with that. Don't stay where you're at. Move forward, move forward. I know I don't do, you know, with we call them altar calls. I know a lot of times I don't do that. Um, I'm, I'm, and, and I know Brian has done that before and maybe on a rare occasion I've done that. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't have to wait for the pastor, especially in this church, to invite you to come forward. You're not listening to my voice. You're listening to the voice of God. And if he says, get up and go, you go. And when you come up here, I'll say, what's going on? You might say, I just, I just need to pray. Pray. So you might have something else. I, I, I want to ask. I want to ask God to forgive me and come to my life. Let's pray. I'll pray with you. Don't ever wait on. Don't ever wait on us to give that invite. Okay. If you hear Him calling, you come. You come. Would you stand? We're going to pray, and then we're going to sing. Heavenly Father, what an amazing God you are. I thank you, Lord, for this day. That we can, we can worship you. In song and in truth and, and in baptism, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the reminder that all those things that we thought might be saving us, we may be wrong. The only thing that makes us right with you was the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ, on that cross. That, that's, that's the only way to salvation. Even Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. He said that before he was ever crucified. But now we know that's how. So God, if there's somebody in this room right now that maybe thought they could get to heaven by doing good things, or maybe maybe they thought because their grandma or grandpa was a Christian they can get to heaven by that, or maybe they thought they could just be really religious, that will give them to heaven. Lord, just let them know right now. Just speak their heart. Let them know that's not it. Speak their heart right now, God. I pray that you just let them know salvation is only through your Son, Jesus Christ. By admitting our sins, confessing them to you, a holy God, being forgiven and asking your Son, Jesus Christ, to lead us, your Holy Spirit, to guide us. So God, if there's somebody in here this morning that needs that, Lord, speak to them right now. God, maybe there's somebody in here too that it's, maybe they're just sitting there saying, I I want to get baptized today. I know I didn't bring a towel. Well, Thank you, Lord, we've got a room that's got a couple extra towels in it. Lord, let us throw aside all excuses for maybe why we, we don't want to do it. Speak to us if we need to come forward. Tell us. Prompt us. God, maybe there's somebody in this room this morning that said, you know what, I am a Christian. I have been baptized, but my pursuit has been off. I haven't really turned up the heat. I've been coasting. I've been pretty cool about my Christianity. I've been pretty casual about my Christianity, about my faith. God, maybe this morning, your spirit's going to need just to whisper in our ear and say, turn up the heat. Pursue me. So God, we, we're we going to sing. And as we sing, God, speak to us. Let us hear you, Lord, as we sing to you. We love you, Lord. In the name we pray. Amen.